Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. My name is Cutter, though you may know me as Three Bears in a Coat on air on HD1, and welcome to the very first episode of You'll Never Believe Me But. You'll Never Believe Me But is a new podcast being produced here at WKNC, and since it's new, I'm going to break down with all of you what it is, what it'll sound like, and what you can expect moving forward. You'll Never Believe Me But is a storytelling podcast. Every week, I'll have on a new guest, and they will tell me two stories, one of them real and one of them fake. And the ultimate goal, after some laughing and some having a good time, I'm not going to make it super rigid. I don't want them to just tell me two stories statically and then ask questions. So I'm going to butt in. We're going to joke around. But the ultimate goal is that after they tell me these two stories, that I will have to guess which of them is real and which of them is fake. They'll, of course, reveal after that, and that should spark some fun conversation. So with that out of the way, let me get the housekeeping stuff done before we jump into my own two stories that I'm going to tell here on this episode so that every episode when I have guests on, they can guess which of my two stories is real and fake. This housekeeping stuff will go over at the top of every episode for any new listeners, but we're all new listeners today, so I figure I'll go over it in depth now. So for the structure, for what each episode is going to look like, I'm going to bring on a guest. I'm going to introduce them, and we're going to have a quick conversation about who they are, what they do, and then I'll have them launch into their first of their two stories. Again, like I said, it's not just pure storytelling with no jokes or no butting in. It'll be a good time. It'll be personal. It'll be fun. And then we'll have a brief recap. We'll laugh about it before we do the exact same thing with the second story. After we go over that one, we I will ask some questions and make my conviction as to which of the two of them is true. They'll tell me if I'm right, if I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm more right than wrong. And then that should spark some fun conversation about what does that mean for the true story? And what does that mean? Where do they come up with the fake story? Then we will take a pause and I will let them listen to my two stories that I'm going to tell right here, right now on this very first episode of this podcast. They'll get to laugh about it. We'll come back on the mic and you'll get to hear their reaction, their questions. And then we will have them make their guess, but I will not reveal it until the end of the season when we have a nice little recap to tie everything together, because that'd be no fun, because then someone could listen to that episode, come on, and then be right. That's pretty lame. Then I will thank the guest, and we will segue out. That is all for our structure, our rules. We only have three rules here on You'll Never Believe Me, but, and they're all pretty simple. Number one, your story should not do significant damage to someone or their character. I feel like this is pretty obvious. We're not trying to be extraordinarily mean here. Any story that I tell is going to be either disparaging to me or no one. Rule number two, if someone else is featured in the story, you must either have their consent to say their name or use a fake name. You agreed to come on this podcast and tell the stories. They did not agree to have the story told. So unless you get consent from them, just use a fake name. It'll make everything a lot easier, and I think it will make everyone a little bit more comfortable. And rule number three, the final rule on the podcast, and this one should be pretty easy to remember, all stories must start with, you'll never believe me, but and then a brief synopsis before starting the story. So if your story is about that one time the mall flooded while you were there and you had to swim out to your car, your story would start with, you'll never believe me, but one time the mall flooded and I had to swim out to my car. Pretty simple, sounds good, great. Let's get into my first story. You'll never believe me, 
But during finals week, I knew someone who broke his hand late at night, and I had to drive him to the hospital the night before an exam. So Justin lived a few doors down for me, and I do want to say this off the rip, right? He's fine. He's okay. Everything ended up being all right, and I do want to want to preface with that. Okay, now we can get into it. Justin, we'll call him Justin. He lived a few doors down from me, and I got a call late one night. I want to say it was like Tuesday night during finals week. It was the night before my econ exam, and he calls me, which is weird. He never calls me. And I was still awake. I was finishing up some studying. I was doing some last-minute cramming, which I know is, like, not the best uh, for my econ final the next afternoon. And he calls me. And I pick up the phone. I'm like, hey, Justin, what's up? He goes, oh, um, it's, he's a little little panicked, right? A little more panicked than I can do justice. But he goes, oh, can you come to my room real quick? I think I need help. Um, I kind of messed up my hand. And I was like, Oh, crap. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Hang up on him. I run, you know, however many doors, like three doors down, um, and throw open the door. Luckily, it's unlocked because he's in there, and his hand is, like, underneath. So we have blinds in all the dorms at State, and he had managed somehow to – he was, like, closing the blinds or changing them around or opening them or something, and he had managed to, in pulling on the string – had pulled down the entire metal box attached to the top of the window onto his hand, right? And it had landed on his hand. Um, even from from just like a few minutes in there, you could tell that it was not the greatest. There was a little bit of blood. And I was like, okay, kind of starting to panic, right? Go into, let me help you, let me take care of you mode. Um, I immediately go over and help him lift it off because he can't really lift it off with with the hand that's being crushed and he doesn't quite have enough uh, with the other hand, so I go over there, I help him lift him off, um, and I run back to my room, I have a first aid kit in my room, um, and I go back, and I'm, you know, using, like, gauze and bandages and all that, just to make sure that it's not bleeding profusely out, right, and so I'm like, okay, let's just take this, you know, I'm trying to keep a calm demeanor, of course, I'm panicking, but he's the guy with the crushed hand, so I can't really, you know, say too much, um, and so I'm like, okay, let's, you know, take care of this, we'll, we'll be all right, um, and, you know, he's saying, oh, it doesn't hurt too bad. And I'm like, okay, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But either way, you know, still just trying to make sure that everything's okay. And we call apparently, as we found out, because um, I did a quick Google search because I was curious. Uh, NC State University has a, like, little injury hotline thing. Um, and so we called that. And they basically said, hey, just go to the nearest urgent care. And they gave us the address. They just said, just go to the urgent care. Um, can't really do much over the phone, can't really do much here. Of course, it's 1 a.m. during finals week. Like, it's not the best time for this to happen anyways, right? And I'm sure there's a graveyard crew working the phones over there. And so we're like, okay, great, thank you. I don't have a car on campus. And Justin doesn't have a car on campus. And so we hang up the phone and then we go, oh, crap. I mean... What do we do? Because we don't want to call an Uber. I mean, imagine that Uber shows up and you're like, hey... Look, I know my friend here is, like, bleeding a ton, but if you could just drive us to the nearest urgent care. I was like, no, no, no. I've got a friend of mine. Uh, we'll call him Alan. And Alan has a car on campus. And so we're like, okay. I, you know, I'm like, Justin, stay here. You know, I'll go talk to Alan. Justin's like, yep, all good. And his hand, you know, completely intact. It's bruising, right, and it's bleeding. But otherwise, it's fine. And I'm like, I'm going to go get Alan. I'm going to go talk to Alan. 
and we'll see if we can get his car, borrow his car, if he's still awake, and then if not, we'll figure something out, right? And so we go, and Alan luckily is awake. He didn't have a final that day. He didn't have a final the next day. He was just having, having you know, enjoying his night, and bang on the door. I'm like, Alan, hey, I know it's 1 a.m. Obviously, this is not, like, the best request. Can I borrow your car? And he's like, why? I mean, obviously, it's 1 a.m. I'm not the person to go out at 1 a.m. And he knows that. And he's like, oh, why? I'm like, oh, Justin. And, he, you know, he's not super close with Justin. I'm like, oh, Justin um, needs to go to urgent care. Uh, you can drive if you want. I'm, I'm happy to just take him in your car. And, of course, this is 1 a.m. You know, it's kind of late. Um, Alan looks pretty tired. And he's like, just take my car. Put it back where you get it, got it. I'll come get the keys from you tomorrow. Um... But yeah, yeah, go go take him, go take him. I hope he's okay. I'm like, yep, absolutely. And I book off, you know, run off, uh, book it back to Justin's room. I'm like, I got keys, let's go. Uh, I've been in Alan's car maybe like twice, right? And I know loosely where it's parked. It's in the Coliseum parking deck. Um, and so I'm like, Justin, you can walk with me. Uh, you you can run with me. I'm, uh, you know, I'm gonna book it. You can walk with me, you can run with me, or I can run and get it and come circle around and pick you up. And he's like, let's do that. Right. And so I'm like, okay, Justin and I separate. And Justin goes one way because the way that like the honors quad where I live works is it's one way around. And so I go to where Alan's car is and I have to drive. I would have to drive like out almost off campus to come back around to get him. And so I'm like, okay, let me meet you on the other end because you can get to the other end pretty easily from the honors quad and we'll go from there. And so, you know, I run, I run, and I'm, like, hitting the button. I'm not setting off the alarm out of respect for everyone. But I'm, like, I'm, like, locking it over and over again just to hear the beeps. And his, I know what his car looks like. It's a white Mazda, right? And it hits me as I, like, see it. I'm, like, oh, I'm about to put a guy with a broken hand, right, bleeding, uh, in a white car with a white interior and just, like, hope he doesn't bleed on everything? I mean, yes, obviously, I'm sure Alan would understand, but if it were me, I'd be kind of pissed if I loaned someone my car, my white car, and got it back with blood on it. And so I was like, okay, let me, you know, just juggle these things, friend with a, you know, severe hand injury, uh, friend with a white car, don't mix great together, but I hop in the car, you know, I tear around, I pick up Justin, Justin is, again, still fine, still loose, still conscious, still okay, you know, he's like, I'm trying to talk to him about it. I, you know, I've helped a few people, you know, in the past with injuries. Not really anything this bad. Um, but it is it is something that I've done and dealt with before. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to be fine. You know, walking him through everything. And we get to the urgent care, um, which is open miraculously. I don't know if that's a normal thing or if it's just like uh, the right day, the right time, whatever. Right. We get to the nearest urgent care that is still um, open. And, you know, get out, I walk them in, and they're like, hey, how can I help you? And before they get, before the woman at the counter can even finish the sentence, uh, she looks down and she realizes, oh, yes, his hand is bleeding profusely. Um, and so she's like, oh, okay, understood. Um, and she, you know, she's like, okay, if you can just wait until the doctor is available, we're like, okay. She's like, I have some paperwork to fill out. You know, I grab it and I start filling it out for him because I can't write because, of course, it's his dominant hand, his right hand, um, which is so messed up for, you know, finals week. Like, feels terrible. And so, you know, I end up filling out all the paperwork for him. Uh, and I give it back to her. I'm like, hey, here you go. Uh, you know, whatever. I, and at this point, we're waiting. And it's, you know, another five minutes, which isn't the end of the world. But it's also kind of a long time to wait. 
especially as he's like just sitting there bleeding. Like, like I can slowly see like the gauze is starting to like wear thin, and I'm like, okay, like <laughs> it would be super cool of you to hurry this up a little bit. Uh, not that you know anyone really had any control over it. And so eventually the doctor comes out, um, and he's like, okay, let me take a look at you. Um, you know, he takes uh, Justin back. I'm just sitting there. You know, it's two two thirty in the morning at this point, right? I'm sitting there. I've got a final the next day, and I'm sitting in the lobby of an urgent care, uh, waiting for my friend uh, with a bleeding hand to to get back uh, and go from there. Because I mean, it's an urgent care; they can't do too much, right? And maybe you know, best case scenario, they bandage it up and they send it back. And even still, like I still need to take care of him a little bit. And so he comes back out. You know, maybe 20 minutes later, um, and the doctor's like, "Yeah, he needs to go to the hospital." And I'm like, "Oh!" And we didn't initially go to the hospital just because I like out of price concerns because they'll treat you there. But I mean, you know, it it can get expensive. And so we're like, "Okay, fine, we'll go to the hospital." And so he hops in the car and I take him to the hospital. And you know, of course, another 20 some odd minute drive. Right, and at this point, it's kind of like I've accepted that I'm not going to get a ton of sleep. Um, you know, this obviously is more important and worse comes worse if, if, you know, I'm truly exhausted or feel like I can't do it, you know, I'll email a professor, not the end of the world. And so I, you know, we get to the hospital, um, you know, and more paperwork for me to fill out for him. They take back, they take him back, you know, almost immediately. Right. Again, it is 1am, like, you know, not exactly the, the busiest. Um, and so I end up talking to his parents. I call his parents. Um, and talk to them for a little bit. They're, you know, just making sure he's okay. I'm like walking him through it. I'm like, yep, absolutely. Everything's fine. He, you know, laid out everything that we did, everything that I knew. Um, they were super nice. I ended up getting really, really close to them, uh, just over that night. Cause I think I, you know, I ended up on the phone with them for, for maybe 20 minutes, a few, like 20 minutes each, a few different times. Uh, super nice people. And so, you know, I, I'm, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting, um, and it's like 4 a.m. at this point, right? And I'm I'm starting to feel the exhaustion hit me, I think, just as a result of, like, the adrenaline is starting to wear off. You know, he's being taken care of. Um, and eventually the parents tell me, they're like, we're on our way. We'll be there in half an hour. Um, if you can wait until then, great. If not, I totally understand. Um, thank you so much, right? And so I'm like, okay. I'll wait. I'm not, you know, I, I want to go to bed, obviously, but I'm not that desperate to go to bed. And so I'm like, I'll wait. I'll, I'll, do, the, I'll do the right thing and I'll wait. And I wait and, you know, 30, almost 40 minutes later, they show up, you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, walk them, you know, walk them through everything, catch them up. Um, you know, the, the nurse staff or the, the hospital staff, uh, you know, take them back. And I'm like, okay, have a good night. I'm going to go to bed, right? And, you know, they're super appreciative, and I end up going back. Um, I, you know, kind of drive a little fast back to campus just because I'm kind of starting to feel it. You know, I got a final the next day. And at this point, I've decided I was going to take the final. It was for my econ class. And for me, econ was not a hard class. The econ class that I was taking was pretty easy. Uh, so, it, you know, it, to me, it didn't matter. And I didn't want to reschedule it just because I already had this like big plan on how I was going to do finals week and I didn't want to disrupt it. And so I was like, I'm just going to sleep in as late as I can. You know, it's an afternoon final. I'll sleep in as late as I can. I'll take it. And, you know, if I do poorly, I do poorly, whatever. Right. I was pretty secure in my grade. And so 
Right, I wake up the next day, and it is, I think my, my final, I believe, was at 3.30. I want, if, if, if I remember correctly, it was at 3.30. And I wake up at 3.12 p.m. And my, the clock that I have, the alarm clock that I have, that I don't use for an alarm, obviously, because we all have phones for that. But the clock that I have on, uh, you know, up on my lofted bed is five minutes fast. And a lot of the time I forget that detail, uh, especially when, you know, I wake up and it's the first thing I see. If I wake up and the first thing I see is that I have 13 minutes to get out of bed, get ready, and then take a, a final that's supposed to take me three hours. So there's a little bit of stress there. I, I jump out of that bed um, straight to the ground and I, you know, run from there. I do everything. And of course, once I'm down there, you know, I turn on my laptop. I'm like getting that already as quickly as possible. And of course, at that point, I figure out, oh, right, of course, I remember the five minutes behind, but I'm already up and moving. So it's kind of nice. Um, I get everything ready. And I, I think I, the last thing I did was brush my teeth. And so I finished brushing my teeth and spit, you know, wash my, rinse my mouth out. And I literally walked the three steps from my sink to my chair to sit down and hit start on my final. It was that close. And so, I finished my final three hours, you know, knock it out, great. Um, you know, felt fine about it. And I found out um, a few hours later, uh, Justin gives me a call. Well, Justin calls me, it's Justin's parents. And they're like, oh, again, thank you so much. I'm like, you know, naturally it's what I would do anyways. And they're like, oh, he broke his hand um, and he's got a full arm cast because, and then they explained, they explained it, right? They explained it fine. I didn't really understand. I didn't really try, and I'm not going to try explaining it. But he had to have the full arm cast because of something about the break and needing it to set right. And Justin's in, like, in a lot of English or writing classes this semester. And so I was like, how is he going to do everything? And, you know, Justin later told me, he was like, well, I got a few of them. Like, I got extended time because he's having to type with one hand, which is, I don't know if any of you have tried to type with one hand. It's very slow. And so he's typing with one hand for all these finals. And so they're like, okay, well, well, some of them gave him time, some of them didn't. And the fact that some of them didn't kind of pisses me off, right? He had a very good reason, I would argue. Um, but no, he ended up doing fine on his finals. He is fine now. His hand is is recovered. Um, but it was it was crazy. It was it was absolutely nuts that that whole thing happened in one night. It truly felt like like a like a whole day. And the fact that it was only a few hours was crazy. I ended up doing very well on my econ final. So again, that wasn't ever anything to worry about. Uh, but it was it was uh, crazy. It was super nice to to be able to help him to be there for him. As much as it was very stressful, and I felt very much like you know I was like you know watching the clock, and I felt very guilty about watching the clock. But it was also you know I have things to do. I want to do well in my finals. But that's what happened. I helped a friend of mine after he broke his hand the night before one of my finals, and then he had to write all of his paper finals with one hand, and I ended up doing well in my final after almost sleeping through it. So there you go. You'll never believe me, but on a Zoom call before the start of my first semester, I was talking to someone who I believed to be a good friend that I would be able to meet on campus, but instead of it being her, it was her mom sitting on the Zoom responding to my questions and asking questions. Now, that sounds very believable, but I, I really was floored by this because I had based my friendship with this person, like initially at least, off of this first interaction that turned out to not be real.
And when I was told, I was I was completely floored. I mean, I mean, truly, like, I mean, I had no way of knowing, right? Uh, you know, we'll get into all that because I want to tell the story. So I'm a part of a program here at NC State called the Ben Franklin Scholars Program. Uh, they allow for students to double major, one in college of engineering, one in college of humanities. Uh, I'm double majoring in computer science and philosophy. Uh, but the big deal is, is a lot of the advising that you get. So at the start of freshman semester, uh, my first semester of freshman year, we were invited to this Zoom call where we would be paired with one other person who was going to major in what we were majoring in, um, you know, in this incoming class. And then we would also be given a, like, junior um, who who, you know, was current major in that, or junior or senior. I think our person was a junior, and that's why I remember. And so I was paired um, with this junior whose whose name is escaping me and with uh, someone who was also an incoming freshman, and we will call her Grace, right? We'll say I was paired with this girl named Grace. And um, Grace, you know, had no camera off, right? It was me and the, the upperclassmen who had their cameras on, uh, and it was so, you know, it was all very odd, right? Because I, I don't know anything. It's like ju- mid-July, right? College is still like a month away. I just graduated high school and things are very weird. And so I, I you know, I'm trying to be like outgoing and, you know, present myself well and, and, you know, establish some connections before I get on campus. And so we hop into these breakout rooms and I'm just, I, you know, my whole plan is that I'm going to be as, as forward and talkative and as possible and form a connection with that junior or senior upperclassman, in, again, in this case, it ended up being a junior, and then that one other person who had a similar interest to me. I mean, I was going to jump on it, and we were going to have a great time and become friends before we even got there, and I was so committed to that. And so, uh, you know, we get we get onto the Zoom. It's like 2 p.m. on a Thursday. It doesn't really matter. And, um, right, it's me and the other person who had the camera on. And so I start talking, you know, and I'm just asking questions. Like, I'm throwing them out because at this point, I'm just trying to get a feel for what this program is, get a feel for, for campus, for state, and just in general, trying to get, like, trying to establish these connections just by being friendly and talkative. And so I'm talking to this junior, like, for the most part. And at a certain point, like, I, you know, try to throw a question to Grace just because I'm like, hey, like, Clearly, uh, you know, I want to get involved and I'm trying to forge a connection with this other freshman. And so like, oh, Grace, you know, what, you know, what are you? I think I asked what her second major was. Right. And Grace, you know, camera off the whole time. Mike, Mike muted the whole time, uh, unmutes her mic, which is shocking to me um, and says, oh, uh, (laughs) she says, oh, sorry, I'm at work right now. Um, so I've just got my earbuds in. I'm just listening. I can't really talk. Um, but my second major is, I, I think it's, uh, shoot. I want to say she said econ. doesn't, you know, econ. No, 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 Arabic. I'm sorry. It was Arabic. And so I was like, oh, that's, that's super cool. Uh, I was like, I totally understand. And the, the upperclassman was like, I totally understand. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And I said the same thing. I didn't really think anything more of it. Um, but I, you know, I was like, okay, cool. Like, glad we're having a good time, right? And her voice sounded totally normal. Again, I have, I have no context, right? I have no idea who this person is. And so, you know, we continue with the conversation. I continue to ask questions because I'm just desperate to try to latch on to anything. And eventually, I, I ask Grace another question because I figure, hey, there's a chance that she'll have a chance to respond. And, you know, if not, maybe she can respond over text. And if not, then 
maybe, you know, maybe this will be, you know, a way that I can get in touch with with her later. And I, I think the question I asked, I was like, Grace, I was like, oh, Grace, where are you uh, signed up to live? Right. Which is just just a, a super basic like question. We were talking about housing anyways. So it kind of made sense within the flow of of conversation. And so I, you know, I was just, you know, trying to make conversation, trying to trying to reach out. And I, I, it was not the best response, uh, considering there was just silence on the Zoom call for like 45 seconds. So I was like, uh, you know, I knew asking was, you know, and I framed it. I was like, it was like, if you can't respond, not a big deal. Uh, just kind of curious asking around, uh, where are you living? And it was just silence. I mean, the the loudest silence. Um, and yeah, it just said nothing. I was like, cool, cool, cool. Okay, moving on. I didn't say anything uh, to her again because, you know, she seemed very busy. Uh, I don't know where she works. And so, you know, we finished it up. It was only like 45, like 30, 45 minutes. We hang up the Zoom call, right? It's it's awesome. I'm having a, you know, I had a good time. Got to learn a bunch. And then we we're just going to move on, right? That's the end of it. And so... The, you know, we're going to fast forward like nine months, like mid second semester. And Grace and I are pretty good friends. You know, Grace and I have chatted some. Uh, we've hung out a few times and, you know, I'm I'm going to get lunch with Grace. And, you know, it's a long lunch. But, you know, Grace has texted me, you know, in preparation. And she's like, she, she you know, initiated this because she wanted to tell me a story. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I was like, you know, I'm here for this. Absolutely. Let's get into it. And so Grace, to her credit, you know, we show up and and she, you know, preps the story and she starts it with, hey, do you remember that intro call for Ben Franklin that we had to do like before our freshman semester where we got to talk to like, uh, you know, someone like an upperclassman in our field? And I had to really rack my brain, and I eventually I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Sure, sure." And she goes, "Well, uh, she's like, well, do you remember that you were in a group with me?" And I said, "Yeah, absolutely, I remember that." And Grace goes, "Well, as it turns out, uh, that was not me." And I went, "What do you mean that wasn't you?" And she's like, "Well, I was at work at the time." I was like, "No, I know you said that. I remember you telling me." And she's like, "Okay, yes." But, and that is a fascinating start to any story. And it turns out, as as she would go on to tell me, instead of, like, her, like, you know, trying to get time off work, which I totally understand is sometimes difficult, um, or, like, listening in on her phone at work, like she said she was, she was, like, she asked her mom to log on to the Zoom at home and then sit on the conversation, like, and, and just, and, and just listen in. Right, which is hilarious. I I have at some points considered asking people to like listen to like to sit in on like lectures for like attendance. I haven't ever done it just because you know for me it, it's not really worth it. But that is so funny to me that she was like, "Hey, I've got this event I really need to go to. Um, Mom, can you like do this event for me?" Right, and so my entire worldview is shattered at this point. Like, I had based so many of my conversations with her off of the assumptions that I had made in the, like, in that, you know, in that call. And I was like, I was like, great. So I've, I was like, great. So I never spoke to you, like, before coming to campus. And she was like, nope, not even a little. And I was like, that's insane. And she goes, well, yes, but 
and she, she goes on to tell me she that she got home from work. And her mom said to her, Grace, uh, Grace, you know, I got on. It went fine. And Grace was like, did you hear anything interesting? Grace's mom was like, oh, yeah, like told her a little bit about the program. And apparently her mom said, when you go on campus, you need to be friends with this boy named Cutter. And Grace was like, mom, what are you talking about? And apparently Grace's mom was so enthralled with like, the questions that I that I asked and like the the attitude that I had that she recommended to her child after acting as her child on a Zoom that she had to come in on the campus and be friends with me. And so it ended up, you know, working, obviously. Clearly, Grace and I are good friends. But it was so fascinating, uh, just that entire like series of events and that the fact that our relationship that our friendship probably wouldn't have happened if like I hadn't been as outgoing or if her mom hadn't decided to recommend that her daughter be friends with me and I, you know obviously I'm super glad it worked out but it's so it's so bizarre to think that like you know my worldview was was broken because I was like oh we're friends because of this time we spent you know in here and I was like, oh, no, actually, that was my mom. But we're still friends because of that time. Like, it was put back together because we're still friends because of that time because her mom recommended that they be friends. Apparently, like, throughout throughout the semester, her mom would, like, check in with her on how I was doing or, like, what I was up to, which is so insane that her mom developed this this amazing connection. And honestly, personally, I really want to, like, meet her mom and have like a full conversation with her knowing it's her. Uh, because, you know, from, you know, the little bit that she said, she seemed like a nice person. I'm just so fascinated that she was so interested um, in me and, you know, to the point of recommending that her daughter be friends with her. So, yeah, I went on a Zoom call expecting to try and make some connections uh, and thought I had made a, a college friend when in reality I had been talking to her mom the whole time. But it still ended up working out because her mom then recommended that her daughter be friends with me. So there you have it. Two stories. One where I had to help a friend of mine who broke his hand right before one of my finals and then almost slept through it. And another where I thought I had made a very good college friend, but in reality I had been talking to her mom the whole time. And it still worked out because her mom enjoyed my company so much. That will do it for our very first episode. Our intro music is Pop Nugget off of Compositions 2 used under the Creative Commons license found on Free Music Archive. Our outro music is Vintage News off of Production Music used under the Creative Commons license also found on Free Music Archive. I've been Cutter. This has been You'll Never Believe Me But and thank you all for listening. Good day and good night.